made up of healthy people, and that's what we want uh, for you, everybody in here. We want us to be, to be healthy. And so we're going to spend a few weeks talking about what that looks like, um, but we're also going to spend like eight weeks. I think, you know, mid-January was the kind of the end of this. We're going to spend about eight weeks, for those who sign up, focusing on how biblical teaching will help us to kind of get through the holidays without losing your figure, your sanity, or your religion. How about that? We'll just, we'll call it that. So our, our series is called Be Healthy. Um, we're going to be looking at the theology of the body, theology of the mind, theology of the soul. And, and we're about to enter into this time, this season of the year, where there is, there's just a lot going on. A lot of celebrations and family get-togethers and parties and shopping and gift exchanging and spending money and eating, and, uh, which is it's a little ironic given the fact that, that um, holidays really comes out of our religious observance of holy days. Uh, that's why they sound alike. Uh, they kind of grew up together and then, then they, they branched off. You know, things have changed and morphed, morphed over time. And so not, not every holiday is a, a holy day anymore. But I digress. Let me get back to the, to the message. Um, so, you know, if you were in any type of a, of a habit with regards to daily devotionals or maybe, uh, you know, trying to get healthy, working out and eating right or just spending time with God, digging into God's work. This is the time of year where a lot of times that, will, that habit will break down because we, we get out of the routine. Everything's changing. From now until New Year's Day, um, things are going to pop up that we haven't been doing all year long. School parties and team parties and work parties and holiday vacations and breaks and trips to see extended family and hosting extended family traveling in, time off, road trips, hotels, you name it. Over the next eight weeks, we're going to experience that. And what we hope to do during this short series really is just kickstart a, a healthy understanding of how to manage life in a chaotic world and then take that new knowledge and understanding with us into the new year, 2024. So over the next three weeks, we're, we're going to look at our, our physical bodies, um, the, the mental or the psychological aspect of the human experience, and then we're going to bring it to a close with the soul, that aspect of us that was created eternally. Um, we'll speak about all of these individually, like on separate Sundays, but I, I don't want to give you the impression, impression that they're separate because they're not. Body, mind, and soul is who you are. That's how God created you. And so before the holidays even begin, we're going to get a jump start on it here. We're going to get a jump start on gluttony. <laughs> it sounds so bad, doesn't it? You know, it really just overeating and overspending and overdrinking and overabundance and just, you know, too much of, of everything that's coming the next couple of months. And so when it comes to the body, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to spend the next 20 minutes talking about diet and exercise, so just take a deep breath. I will relieve you of that thought. That's, that's not coming. What, what I do want to do, though, is just focus on the fact that our body is a gift from God, and so we're, we're just going to talk about what that means. You've heard me say, if you've been with me for a little while, um, often that we, one of our goals is to reach our full potential in Christ. Uh, and what I mean by that is we have been created for the purpose of glorifying God. That's our full potential, right? 
But we've got these obstacles standing in the way. And oftentimes these obstacles come to us by way of temptation to the flesh. In one form or another, on any given day, we are presented with multiple options. And culturally speaking, and I'm generalizing here, but you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. Culturally speaking, most people lean towards indulgence as opposed to practicing discipline or restraint. A lot of times we choose the option that looks the most attractive, right? Or the most appealing, the most fun, the easiest, the quickest, the least painful. I mean, we're just sort of, sort of bent that way. And oftentimes, um, when we make that choice, the, the choice to indulge, it's not, it's not a healthy choice. It's just not good for our bodies. And as we do this, and listen, we all do this, but over time, it, it adds up. And as it adds up, we do more and more damage to ourselves. And, and, and God's plan for us to reach our full potential, it involves these physical bodies. And the greatest affirmation of that really is the, the incarnation. When God became human in Jesus and walked among us, he lived as a person. He assumed a physical body, a body that can hurt and feel pain and be tempted, but it can also experience pleasure and joy. And so um, some people think that, that the body is, is what is bad, that's the bad part of us, and then our spirit or our soul is the good part of us. And then the, the, the challenge in life is really this battle between the flesh and the spirit, you know, and we got to overcome the flesh. Uh, this was actually a very popular theology during the first century by a group known as the Gnostics. And so Gnosticism uh, was the belief that all matter, you know, physical body, all matter it, um, was bad. It was evil and only the spirit was good. But what we find in the Bible is the exact opposite teaching of that. In fact, the Apostles' Creed that we all recited just a moment ago, um, that, that's not in the Bible, but it is a defense of biblical teaching. It contains statements of faith that specifically combat Gnosticism, right? That's why it's in there, to fight heresy. We still need it today. That's why we still say it. That, that part in there, it says, we believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, who was conceived here we go with a body, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered in body under Pontius Pilate's rule. He was crucified, he was dead, he was buried. He rose again on the third day. The tomb was empty. And Jesus did all of this in a physical body. And so the body isn't bad. If it was, God never would have come in a person. He'd have done it a different way. According to the scripture, the body is good. It is beautiful. It has gifts and abilities that we can use for the glory of God, which is why we were created. Genesis 2-7 says this, that the Lord formed a man from the dust of the ground and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, his, his spirit into this body and the man became a living being. See, what? You've heard me say this too. We're not human beings having some spiritual experience down here in a cafeteria. We're spiritual beings. And we are having a, an earthly experience, a human experience. And that experience, it matters 
to God. In, in the book of 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul was addressing a congregation that had been really used to a Greco-Roman lifestyle, which is to say that it was very different from what God expected of his, his people. Um, Paul is addressing the issue of sexual immorality, and, and, which was perfectly acceptable in the Roman Empire, but Paul uses this issue to teach them and to teach us about how our bodies are to be used for the glory of God. Paul sees the relationship between us and Jesus as being much more than just spiritual. I mean, Jesus wants to know us as we are, as human beings with all of our hurts, habits, and hang-ups, because then he can begin to heal us and work through us so that we can reach our full potential for his glory. We've all been created with these, these awesome, this awesome God-given potential. I mean, when God created humanity, he did so with the idea that, that we would maximize our potential for his kingdom here on earth. We have work to do, works that have been planned in advance for us to do. And we see it most prominently in the life of Jesus. You know, he, he lived out his full potential um, and became what? He became the savior of the world, but he lived it out in a, in a human body. When God created humanity, he created us with full potential to do what we were created to do. And we find it in, in Genesis, the very beginning. Verse 26, God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all of the wild animals and over all of the creatures that move along the ground. Verse 28, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. That is to say that God gave mankind an awesome responsibility in his kingdom. And when I think about all of the potential that's wrapped up inside each and every one of us and the, and the fact that God knows our personality and he knows um, what what we're made to do and what we're made of, and he knows the gifts that he has given us and the potential that we have to become everything that he had in mind when he created us, I think, man, we, we must be pretty special to God. He must really love us. We are unique and we're diverse and we're different. We are no accident. You're no accident. This is why it's not helpful or healthy to look around at other people and compare ourselves to them. The marvel and the mystery of our own physical bodies is often overlooked or underappreciated. I mean, who hasn't encountered feelings of, of low self-esteem because of their physique or their appearance? Many people wish that their bodies could be um, like someone else's bodies. They don't want theirs, they want someone else's. You watch television, you scroll through social media, you look around the gym and you think, my gosh, I must be an ugly failure. And guys, I know you wish you had my bowed up physique and my hairline, but it's not in the cards for you. God did not create you this way. God created you the way he wanted you to be. Unique, different, special for his glory. There's an estimated 7.8 billion people on earth, but within that huge number is a much smaller group of people known as God's people the body of Christ, the church. 
That's us. And we have these bodies and all of their wonderful abilities and faculties to go out and to glorify God. And as, as children of God, we, we are different and we are unique and we are set apart from the world. And so we don't need to, we don't need to look around at other people and see what they're doing. The, the latest trend or, or fad in diet and exercise, it's just that. It, it's a trend. Now, I'm not saying it's bad, but what we really need to do is just ask a simple question. What, what does God want me to do? How, how does he want me to fulfill his purpose and his will at this particular time in my life in this body that I have? What needs to happen or what changes do I need to make to reach my full potential in Christ? Healthy bodies make a great contribution towards that, that goal. And so let me, let me make a caveat statement here. Um, there are people that have been sick for years, right? There, there are people that are, are struggling with, with poor health and, and they did everything that they could, everything in their power to avoid it. But listen to me, these people, and, and you may be one of them, you, you have the awesome potential to influence multitudes of people. So, so I'm not saying that if somebody is sick or if they're ill or if they have a broken body that they can't reach their full potential. They absolutely can. There are faithful followers of Christ that are, that are homebound right now due to poor healthcare circumstances. And I can think of several over the course of my ministry um, that would that would call me on a regular basis and go, how can I pray for you and how can I pray for the church? They're, you guys, they were asking how they could pray for you, right? Got a call yesterday <clears throat> from somebody in our congregation that said, hey, can you go um, visit this gentleman who lives in town? Um, he's an older gentleman, has lived a long, faithful, fruitful life, uh, had a stroke a while back, uh, is, is now blind from a degenerative eye disease, but he has been keeping track of the vine. <laughs> um, he, he wants to know how we're doing, and he prays for us daily. He prays for you daily. He prays for me daily. Right? And I, and I think, with, with this guy's unwavering faith and his powerful intercession... His broken, confined body. I would never say what kind of potential that this man has because I can't judge that. I, I don't know his level of faith. I, I don't know what God is calling him to do at this particular time in his physical state of being. It's, it's beyond my understanding. But here's what I know. I believe in prayer and I know he believes in prayer or he wouldn't be doing it. And one day we may be able to look back over the course of our life and realize that those prayers out there, not just from him, but all of those people, they were the most powerful thing that ever happened in our life. I mean, what's more powerful than a godly mother praying for her son or her daughter? It's incredible. And so we can't say that this person reached their full potential and that person didn't. There are people in their confined, broken bodies that may reach a potential that they otherwise would not have reached if they weren't broken or hadn't gone through this or that in their life. And so our potential in Christ and in the kingdom is not dependent upon how much you can bench press or the size of your waistline. It is dependent upon the degree of surrender and the level of submission to your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
what we've got to do is just ask ourselves individually is, will I cooperate with God in such a way that he's going to be able to bring himself honor and glory through my life in this body that I have? We've got to make our mind up. Either I am or I'm not. And there is an undeniable relationship between fulfilling our God-given potential and, and how we use our physical bodies. And we, we all know how when we feel unhealthy, you know, what, what that makes us feel like and everybody else feel like, right? When we don't feel good, it just has a negative impact on everything. The people around us, the decisions that we make, the situations that we're in, the roles and responsibilities that we've been entrusted with. And oftentimes, we, we feel bad because of a decision that we made or a series of decisions that we made over time that involve our bodies. We ate too much. We drank too much. We smoked it, sniffed it, swallowed it, injected it. We worked out too hard. We stayed up too late. We didn't rest. We didn't take Sabbath time. We were unfaithful. We treated our body as if it was a recreational vehicle for the purpose of our personal pleasure. And the apostle Paul would say, how dare you? How dare you do that? Paul says, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 3.16. Don't you know? <laughs> I think we read it in the video. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred, and you together, and so he's talking to the church. He's saying, listen, all of you, together, you're that temple. Just a few chapters later, chapter 6, verse 19. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? You think he's trying to hit something home here in the first part of Corinthians? Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? And here it is. This is the biggie. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. I mean, honestly, guys, we don't have the right to do what we want to do with our bodies. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, it is not yours anymore. And that is a foreign concept to a lot of people out there in the world. They, they just don't understand that. You know? They're thinking, what are you talking about? This, of course it's my body, and I'll do whatever I want to with my body. That's one way. That's one way of understanding your body. It is. It certainly lets everybody else around you know what you believe. But if you want them to know that you're a child of God, you will demonstrate that by how you treat and use your body. We have an awesome responsibility to take care of this wonderful gift from God. But what's the motivation to keep our bodies pure and healthy? Why should we consider um, a proper diet and regular exercise? Why, why take some time to rest and recuperate and heal when we're burning the midnight oil? Is it so that we can look like the person on the cover of the magazine? Is it just to kind of join the popular group at the gym or, or the club? Is it to be part of the, the latest trend? Because if it is, that's not going to last. Those reasons are not compelling enough to keep you motivated for a lifetime. But I'll tell you what is. 
the thought of reaching your full potential for the cause of Christ and the kingdom of God on earth. God has chosen every single one of us to bring him honor and to bring him glory in this life. We are his possession created for his purpose and we are indwelled with his spirit. And that is a fascinating thought. We're being used for something so much greater than ourselves. And instead of having a distorted image of ourselves, we need to just really ponder the magnificence of what we see when we look in the mirror. Look past the blemishes and then look beyond what you see immediately and look for the real you, that, that, that child of God, created by God, created in his image. The body's a fascinating thing. I mean, every, every single organ in our body is a gift from God. Think about it. Each eye has this auto-focusing lens and all of these muscles that that control them to make a single three-dimensional image. Who came up with that? Right? Who designed that thing? That's awesome. The eyes are, are connected to the brain, which records what it is seeing. Your heart is this incredible pump that doesn't need any, you know, power source. It's its own power source. It just beats until God says, you've reached your limit. Come on home. It's got four delicate valves that control the direction of the blood flow. It beats these valves open and shut uh, 100,000 times a day. That's, that's 36 million times a year this is going on. I think about the body's defense mechanisms. You know, to, to protect it from harm. It, it perceives pain. In response to infection, it, it generates these antibodies. The skin provides protection and it, it warns against injury that, that excessive heat and extreme cold may cause. I mean, the body renews its own outdated cells. It, it cures its own cuts and bruises. It can even heal broken bones. I mean, the body is constantly regulating these, these levels of, of countless ingredients such as salt and water and sugar and protein and oxygen and carbon dioxide and, and all of these functions and all of these regulatory measures are, are, are happening right now without us even giving it a second thought. Here's another amazing thing about the body and about God's plan. We have the capacity and we have the directive to multiply human life. Create more bodies. And and even though our goal is to to maximize our health, to reach our full potential in Christ, we know these bodies aren't going to last forever. They're just not. And so we are raising the next generation of believers so that they can carry out the gospel to the world for the glory of God. And how we treat our bodies and how how we teach our children to treat their bodies really depends on who you think those bodies belong to. And so I'll just leave you with this question to ponder this week. Who do you belong to? Let's pray. God, we are grateful for these wonderful gifts that you have created and given to us. And, and they're all different. And we, we, man, we give you thanks because it sure would be a boring world if we were all the same. And God, as we go through this series, help us to kind of get in tune 
with what you would have us do. Not looking around, not Googling what we need to do, none of that. Just reading your word, spending time in prayer, thinking about this wonderful gift you've given us, and then, and then acting upon what we believe you're calling us to do so that we can reach our full potential to give you honor and glory with the life that we have. God, we ask all of this in Jesus' name.